0: You trash your husband so hard in your act,
1: oh, well. and it's a riot,
0: <laughs> and it's like...
1: I don't worry about it too much, because you know what's going to happen, Mike? I'm going to become rich and famous, <laughs> and then I'm, gonna upgrade. I'm going to upgrade. i will go to full Hollywood with this.
0: Oh, my God. That's
1: what you do in this town.
0: I'm so glad you're being so forthright about this.
1: Yeah, I know. I told him, too. I'm like, start looking, because <laughs> oh this is happening. my <laughs> Oh, my gosh.
0: That is the voice of the great Zarna Garg. Uh, Zarna Garg is a comedian who I met, uh, the comedy seller. Um, I think is a riot. Just has a, a fascinating life story. Uh, moved uh, to America from India when she was 16 years old and has this wildly burgeoning uh, stand-up career right now. She's on tour. She's making viral uh, Instagram and TikTok videos. Her handle is at Zarna Garg, Z-A-R-N-A-G-A-R-G. We have a great talk today. I mean, it's like one of the more fascinating people who I've met in my entire comedy career. I think you're going to love the episode. A couple things before we get going. um, Two big ones this summer. I'm going to be... In Sag Harbor, New York, for a week, and I'm going to be in Los Angeles for a month. Those are the headlines. Those are the major things. I'm going to be at the I'm going to be at the Bay Street Theater in Sag Harbor uh, in July, and then I'm going to be at the Mark Taper Forum for 40 performances. Count them, 40 performances, eight a week. For five weeks in Los Angeles, if you're anywhere near there, it's the world premiere of the full production of *The Old Man in the Pool*, which we've you've listened, hopefully, <laughs> to all 75 episodes over the last two years. In developing the show, you've been a part of the process, and I can't wait for you to see the the final version. In the fall, I, I'm, I've just announced a whole bunch of, of tour dates: Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Toronto. Atlanta, Cincinnati, Columbus, Detroit, Salt Lake City, Mesa, Arizona. Uh, More to be announced. I'm trying to get Louisville in there. I'm listening to all your suggestions on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, Again, this is a great conversation with Zarna. Uh, You can follow her at Zarna Garg. Uh, Enjoy my conversation with the great Zarna Garg. You and I met at the Comedy Cellar in New York City, yes. my favorite club in the world, and you're just crushing. And, and then we started talking, and I find out you moved here from India uh, when you are 16. I'm going, wait a minute. You're telling me this is your second language? You're crushing like that? This is your second language?
1: It's actually my third language.
0: Oh my what are your first? Because <laughs> you know,
1: India, they, you're required to learn the national language, Hindi, right? And then the, my my own mother tongue, which is Gujarati, which is what I was when, what I learned when I was born, but. The advantage English has is that Hollywood is everywhere. I grew up like as if I was an American teenager, honestly. Right. I watched Three's Company growing up. <laughs> Come and knock on my door. Oh my God, that's yeah. so funny. And I read Archie's comics. I mean, that's the power of American pop culture.
0: Yes. You think it's still that way?
1: A hundred percent. Every kid that has access, yeah. and today more than ever, they all have access. Yeah. They're all watching Friends.
0: I quote you all the time because I'll go, and I, of course I'm bastardizing, I'm sure your jokes, but like, I'll always be like, my friends are a garg, so funny, she does this joke where she goes, you know, uh, my daughter is, enough about her, and then <laughs> yeah. you start talking about your son, and... It always creeps me out. Can you say that joke properly? Because I'm mess- I'm, bo- I'm literally botching it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> there's also truth to it. So, you know, we have three kids. Yeah. Only the oldest boy is important. Oh, my gosh. Which I think every South Asian family member, <laughs> family understands. Uh, but, I, but I do feel like I got lucky because we do have two boys. <laughs> uh, and one girl, <laughs> whatever about
0: her. <laughs> <laughs> whatever about her, that's the line.
1: And, you know, she goes to like a good college and, you know, we should be so happy, right? The kid got in and and literally our whole family is like, the wrong kid got in.
0: Oh my God. We need him. The wrong kid got in. My
1: mother-in-law called from India and she's like, you call that college and say, we're not sending her unless they also promise to take him. I
0: just can't take it. It's like... It's so funny, but it's like definitely in the stereotypes universe. It's like, do you ever get pushback from people being like, I'm offended by that you're using stereotypes about your own culture?
1: Of course I do. But that's part of, you know, being part of this world. I mean, of course I'm offending people. I take it as a compliment. Yes, (laughs) yes. Yes. If I didn't offend anybody, I wouldn't be doing no
0: work. Well, you're wildly memorable. Like one of the things, like, like every now and then on Instagram, you'll post like a a message, someone sent you a private message and they'll say like, you know, I'm an Indian woman. I was in the audience the other night. I have a bindi. I relate to things that you say. They're just like my life. And it gives me a great level of catharsis. And I'm very moved when I read those comments that you posed.
1: Yeah. No, I'm moved too. And I, honestly, when I started the comedy journey, I didn't think much about it. I thought I would do a few open mics, my friends would come and that would be the beginning and the end of this journey. Yeah. But since then, of course, it's taken its own uh, life and trajectory. But what I have discovered is that my people back home and especially my women, the brown women of the world, don't know that they have a right to laugh. Oh my gosh. They don't know that they have a right to make fun of the the world they come from and poke fun at their husbands and yes. their mother-in-law because it's been going on the other way for a long time <laughs> yes
0: i think yes. so <laughs> there's a lot
1: of men out there who have a lot to say about their nagging wives oh my and gosh. Yet, no, none of the wives have really stepped up this is the first time they feel like they could do this too
0: you trash your husband so hard in your act
1: oh well and it's a riot
0: <laughs> And it's like...
1: I don't worry about it too much. Because you know what's going to happen, Mike? I'm going to become rich and famous, <laughs> and then I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to full Hollywood with this.
0: Oh, my God. That's
1: what you do in this town.
0: I'm so glad you're being so forthright about this.
1: Yeah, I know. I told him, too. I'm like, start looking. Because <laughs> oh this is happening. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. But you... Like, it's
1: not like he's going to have a problem. His mom is waiting.
0: She thinks,
1: you know, she's going to convert his salary from dollars to rupees and take him out in the arranged market and he's going (laughs) to land land like a 20-year-old Miss Universe candidate. He's going to be fine, let's just
0: say. Part of your story, it's completely extraordinary, is you were, either you were going to be in an arranged marriage and Um, you left or you would have been if you had stayed.
1: So... My mom passed suddenly before I was 15. Oh, like wow. from being completely healthy to, to you know, it's a, from a very rare and crazy medical situation. And my, I was the youngest of four. And my dad decided the day after she died that I needed to get married. Yeah. He's like, I'm done parenting and honestly, as a parent today, having just survived the pandemic, now I do understand. <laughs> if I had a fourth kid, I might say something like that. Oh my you gosh. know what I mean? Like, it's a lot. Life is a lot. As we're Life learning. is a lot. Life is a lot.
0: Zarnagarg said it. She, you heard it here. Life <laughs> is a lot. It's true.
1: It's And I never held against my dad. But at the time, I was a teenager. I was like, I don't want to get married. I was reading the Archies in India. I was like, no one's getting married in Archies. They're all kissing each other. Everybody's fine. Yeah. What's a big deal? And he's like, no, 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 you either get married or you leave. And he thought he would scare me. Because in India, you, you were born, you're raised, you go to school, then your dad finds you a match and you get married. Yeah. For the first time, I was exposed to all this whole world where, you know, people were dating and having fun and it wasn't all about getting married and having kids. So I really thought, you know, why am I not living that life? Right. And my dad didn't have much of an appetite for that kind of thinking. Yeah. And he was like, no, 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 you're going to get arranged. My siblings were all arranged early in life. Wow. That's the world I come from. So, And he goes, if you don't want to get arranged, you have to leave. No. And I, you know, when you're 15, that's the beauty of youth. You think you're so invincible. You oh think, my, I have so many friends. We're going to have pajama parties for years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I left. And, and my friends, after two days, they're like, my mom thinks you need to go home.
0: Oh my gosh, right. it's so funny because that's actually one of the conundrums of my show right now. And the show's called The Old Man in the Pool and people who listen to the show know it or uh, are familiar with me talking about it, but it's all about aging and mortality. The audience that doesn't completely lock in the same way other people do is like 15 to 25 because I think that that's the age where you think you're not going to die. No. And then when you're, you're like 25 plus, you start being like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: At 15, you see the world old man, and you're like, oh, that's a 28-year-old man. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know?
0: I just, no, you, you didn't. I mean, my friend, my, one of my best friends from childhood, the other day brought up that when we were kids, his mom got breast cancer, and it was awful, and it was so scary. And the other day, he goes, you know when my mom had breast cancer? I go, oh, yeah. She, he goes, she was 38. Wow. I'm like, she was 30. Right? Mind-blowing, Mind-blowing, I'm yeah. 43. Yeah, he's five years younger than I am now, and I thought at the time this is the oldest person we know. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: what? Uh, you know what's crazy? I I I did a one year training program at the Holocaust Museum in New York City. Oh wow! And it was it's a whole long story, but I connected with the whole culture of it, and you know, dark phases in life take you to different places, yeah. right? And they, my job at the end of that training was to take school kids around the museum and explain to them what, what the artifacts are and the stories and what, and it's a lot of World War II stuff. Yeah. So these kids asked me, how do you know all this? And before I could say anything, another kid jumped in and he goes, she was there.
0: Oh my God, <laughs> she was there. No, I can't.
1: This was 20 years ago. Zarna, <laughs> I, was 20 I cannot something. take the like, story.
0: Uh, I was 20-something years
1: old, and the kids were 50 and 16, and I, I was like, what? And he, that kid meant it in all sincerity. Th-
0: that's completely amazing. So one of the things that was so cool is like, so I was in Chicago, you were in Chicago, you were playing, I want to say, The Laugh Factory. Yeah,
1: that's right. And
0: it was like Sunday night. Yeah. It was like an off night. You completely sold it out, and I said to you, I go... I go, Zarna, have you ever played in Chicago before? And you're like, never. I go, you sold it out. Like, I've been a roadcomer for 20 years. You got to realize how big a deal this is that you're selling out a club. And you said to me, and maybe we'll take this out if you're not comfortable with it, but you go, I have to.
1: No, I have yeah. to. Yeah. I'm completely comfortable saying it. No one is looking for this
0: Right. Uh, No one's looking for a a mother of three, a forty-something mother of
1: three, immigrant woman with an accent and who like maybe makes weird jokes about her cultural references. But I have to over deliver if I'm gonna have a career in this business, and I understand it, and I don't. I'm not. I'm okay with it. I take it up as a challenge. I'm totally okay with it.
0: Yeah. And
1: and what helps is that there's a lot of Indians.
0: No, no, of course. You no, know, that
1: helps me. Well,
0: that was one of the first things I said to you when I saw that you were killing so hard at the comedy cellar. I go, "Zarna, when you go back to India," and I ignorantly said this. I go, "You'll clean up because the, the population there is massive." And you said, "I can't necessarily go back no. because they the government doesn't want women there saying disparaging things about their husband and being disrespectful to their husbands and of course my mind is blown because i'm i'm uh, sort of a- ignorant to that
1: well, you know, when I first started my first open mic, I remember I had no idea what was what and what's comedy. Nothing. Yeah. And I remember getting up on stage because I had watched other people do open mic right before me. Yeah. And I remember standing up there and saying, "Oh my God, white people do this." <laughs> because
0: white people do that. Thought
1: that you stand up there and like trash your president and trash your husband, your sure. wife, whatever, and there's you're not even afraid at all. Yeah. The thought had not occurred to me.
0: No, it's so strange. And I'm in
1: this world now, and I, I, you know, I look Indian. I, of course, I am Indian. I wear Indian clothes. I wear a bindi. People in India, you would, would take offense yeah. that she's oh, she's become Western now. She thinks she's American now. Who told her she can speak like this? Anti culture. There's culture police all over the place, right? So I, I'm very skeptical about my prospects of doing this live in India. Maybe there is a room maybe there is room for it, but I don't know. And I feel like when the stakes are kind of, we'll find out or you might be in jail.
0: Oh my God, we'll find out or I'll be in jail. <laughs> you know?
1: If when you're looking oh at those kind of stakes, I'm like, I don't want to find out necessarily. That's am fine absurd. Here.
0: I read your daughter's college essay, which now she's at Stanford. She's doing great. Um, but at the time, she wrote this college essay that they they printed, they published in the New York Times as one of the best college essays in the country. And I just found this so moving. Um, this, is, and this, this is your daughter, Zoya Garg. yeah. My mom finds a baffling delight from drinking from glass hotel-grade water dispensers. Even when three-day-old lemon rinds float in stale water, drinking from the dispenser remains luxurious. Last year for her birthday, I saved enough to buy a water dispenser for our kitchen counter. However, instead of water, I filled it with handwritten notes encouraging her to chase her dreams of a career. As I grew older, I noticed that my mom yearned to pursue her passions and to make her own money. She spent years as a stay-at-home mom and limited our household chores as much as she could, taking the burden upon herself so that my brothers and I could take on our education. However, I could tell from her curiosity of and attitudes towards women that she envied their financial freedom and the self-esteem that must come with it. When I asked her about working again, she would tell me to focus on achieving the American dream that I knew she had once dreamed for herself. For years, I watched her effortlessly light up conversations with both strangers and family. Her empathy and ability to understand the needs, wants, and struggles of a diverse group of people empowered her to reach the hearts of every person at a dinner table, even when the story itself did not apply to them at all. She could make anyone laugh, and I wanted her to be paid for it. Quote, Mom, have you ever thought about being a stand-up comedian? She laughed at the idea, but then started wondering aloud about what she would joke about and how comedy shows were even booked. As she began dreaming of a comedy career, the reality of her current life as a stay-at-home mom sank in. She began to cry and told me it was too late for her. I could not bear to watch her struggle between ambition and doubt. Her birthday was coming up. Although I already bought her a present, I realized what I actually wanted to give her was the strength to finally put herself first and take a chance. I placed little notes of encouragement inside the water dispenser. I asked my family and closest friends to do the same. These friends told her other friends, and eventually I had grown a network of supporters who emailed me their admiration for my mom. From these emails, I hand wrote 146 notes crediting all of these supporters that also believed in my mom. Some provided me with sentences, others with five paragraph long essays, yet each note was an iteration of the same sentiment. You are hilarious, full of life, and ready to take on the stage. On the day of her birthday, my mom unwrapped my oddly-shaped present and saw the water dispenser I bought her. She was not surprised, as she had hinted at it for many years, but then, as she kept unwrapping, she saw that inside the dispenser, there were these little notes that filled the whole thing. As she kept picking out and reading the notes, I could tell she was starting to believe what they said. She started to weep with her hands full of notes. She could not believe the support was real, and that everyone knew she had a special gift and believed in her. Within two months, my mom performed her first set in a New York comedy club. Within a year, my mom booked a monthly headlining show at the nation's premier comedy club. I'm not sure what happened to the water dispenser, but I've read the notes with my mom countless times. They are framed and line the walls of her new office space that she rented with the profits she made from working as a professional comedian. For many parents, their children's careers are their greatest accomplishment. But for me, my mom's is mine. <laughs> yeah, it's really emotional.
1: To <laughs> hear it in your voice, too. Okay, this just became a sad podcast.
0: <laughs> it really speaks to the idea of supporting your friends and family in helping them achieve what they want to be and what they want to do. And it's and it's you know for me, it's an inspiration for for, for me and. My, supporting my wife and daughter and what they want to do and, and 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 I hopefully people hear this and, and, and think of it in relation to their own lives.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I encourage it. I think my community has come up come out in big numbers to support me. Yeah. Without them I wouldn't have a comedy career. You yeah. know, every time I I didn't know what a bringer show was, yeah. but the first time they you know, a club told me you need to bring five people or eight people or whatever. Yeah. I was like, but what will I do with the remaining ninety? Yeah, (laughs) because people in my world were so excited. Just
0: to give context, a bringer show is when you have to essentially bring your own audience to the comedy club.
1: Yeah, and usually people are stressed out about having to bring people. Yeah, but in you had an
0: outpouring of people
1: because it's never been done. No Indian woman trashed her mother-in-law on stage. (laughs) 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 Women came out from across state lines everywhere.
0: It's funny because I, like, what is your family's reaction when you talk about them on stage?
1: So my, for they're all completely on board. My yeah. husband, my kids, they well, love your husband's
0: boarding. a riot. He's, I mean, your kids are a riot. They're all in the videos yeah, on TikTok and, and Instagram. And it's
1: everyday life that I capture with them. I'm yelling at them all day. That's my real day job. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, real day job. Yelling at <laughs> He's anything. yelling at them yes. from
1: morning to night. Um, they love, they thought it was fun. They, they were willing to do anything to support me. So I was blessed in that way. My husband was like, you've done, enough. you know, as an immigrant mother raising three kids alone in Manhattan, no yeah. family, it's been a lot. So he yeah. was like, I want you to do whatever you want to do, and I'm here for you. Yeah. And I thought, oh, boy, does he not know what's about to happen? Here? Yeah. And we really didn't think it was going to take off at this level. Like, honestly, we went in we, one show at a time. Like, okay, we sold this one out. All right, well, let's see what, what happens next. Yeah. And it kind of just snowballed unexpectedly. And now they're all so proud. They, they know, everybody knows that my jokes come from a place of love. Yeah. I, I love India. I love America. Yeah. I'm not a refugee in America in that way that I'm never. I hate where I came from. I actually have a lot of love for the world that I came from. Yeah. And uh, and I think that that's what's made it a more pleasant journey for all involved. I actually get along with my mother-in-law in real life.
0: That's really funny.
1: <laughs> but here's the thing, she does not speak much English. Yeah. And at the beginning of this journey, she didn't really know what was what, and she would just like my posts on Facebook, didn't <laughs> yes. really care, right? Now she's like, I got an I I she got herself an agent.
0: This is absurd.
1: Because she thinks
0: this is about outrageous. that I'm
1: gonna need her eventually oh, in my stories. My gosh. And how is she gonna be a part of this? And now she's texting me, like, make fun of my sister, make fun of my, oh my you know, gosh. my neighbor, or whatever. Like for the first time, Indian women. If I tell you how many joke ideas I get in a day, you wouldn't even believe
0: it. (laughs) What's what's the most shocking reaction you get from your comedy, from audience members, people on social media?
1: I I mean, I feel like it's not right for me to say it, but it's like absolute delight.
0: Oh, that's nice. People
1: are just like, wait, we understand this world. You yes. know, I, I make a joke about I've never said I love you to my husband. Yeah, yeah. I really thought when I wrote that joke and when I put it out on TikTok that I was the only one who didn't say it.
0: Oh my god, that's so funny!
1: And millions of people have come yes. out of the woodwork yes. across cultures, across oh
0: my gosh. age
1: demographics who are all. And then I saw that piece in that my show. you do in yeah, your show. I talk about
0: how I, my family, my and parents don't I say I love like, you. Oh yeah.
1: Oh my god, it's like a real thing. You know when when. If you think of Hollywood and pop culture and stories that you read, I love you, I love you. You see it all over the place. But then you hear real life stories. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're not the only one who doesn't do that?
0: (sighs) Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, you know, my mom's Irish, my dad's Italian. The people who relate to that the most in my life are people who, and, you know, they're second, third generation, but the people who relate to the I love you thing in my show that the most are from people whose parents are immigrants, Right, yeah. Um, I, I don't know why that is. I think, it, what is that a caginess? Is it like a with, withholding for fear of revealing yourself? I don't even know what,
1: I think love makes you so vulnerable. Yeah. And if when you're an immigrant, you're already so vulnerable. Yeah. Everything is new. Everything is alien. You're right. You know, you're afraid of everything. I do believe that's part of why you don't see so many immigrant comics is because you have to own the language. Yeah. On that stage. Yeah. There are times when people heckle me and I have no idea what they just said.
0: That's so funny. (laughs) I
1: don't even know what. Oh, my God. They probably were trying to insult me, but I didn't get it.
0: Because I've seen you've toured a bit with Veer Das, who's yeah,
1: huge. Huge, number one in India and huge. Oh, is he number
0: one in number India? Number one
1: by far. No one comes close.
0: And so have you, you haven't toured with him in India. You've no. toured with him in the States. Yeah. And, I mean, he's playing like yeah. thousands and thousands of, of seats. Absolutely. And what's like? what are those crowds like? Are they different from your crowds?
1: Uh, I would say a little different because he does have a very established audience. Yeah. That, that they, I mean, he has four Netflix specials out. Like the volume right. of work he's done. It's a little different, also because he's younger. You know, i You know, I do the whole mom thing. It yeah. draws a different crowd. But but our pairing was seamless when we yeah. did shows together. The audience. Had, Loved it. Again, his audience, too, has never seen an Indian woman do what I do. So it's like, sometimes it's a state of shock. They're like, is that her? his mom? Like, you know, when I walk out on stage.
0: That is so funny. Like, what? So, like, they've never seen that before. It's like, what is that in you that made you feel like, is it comics you watched? Is it artists you watched that made you have the confidence to be like, you know what? I'm just going to say whatever I want.
1: No, no. I think my kids ganged up on me.
0: (laughs) I think my kids ganged up on me. For
1: 15 years, I was yelling at them, try something new. Try something new. You have to have an open mind. And then when my daughter went down this whole rabbit hole of you should do comedy, they were all like, well, are you too scared to try something new? Oh my and, and, and I honestly don't think about comedy in that way because that would be scary. Yeah, I think like I'm hosting a dinner party every time I'm on, I'm on stage. Yeah, How would it be if we were at my house and yeah. what would I say? Yes. Whether it's five people or 5,000 people, I don't really overthink it because then I would get scared.
0: I think what you're hitting on is something that I think a lot of younger comics don't always get, which is the idea that like, Comedy in its simplest form is one, one person talking to two or three or more people. That's all it is. Yeah. And so a lot of times you'll see comics starting out and they'll be shouting and they'll be projecting out. And it's like, no, you don't have to do that. There's a microphone. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? But like, I feel like you you got that pretty fast. I mean, how long have you been doing comedy?
1: Be about four years. Now. Four years. Yeah. That's yeah. so fast. It's four years in the traditional New York world of comedy. Yeah. The open mic, the go here, the go there, the club, the bringer show. That's four years. But some version of this, I've been doing my whole life. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm not so overwhelmed by it. Right. Because I actually, when my dad put me out on the streets, the one reason I had a home or a place to sleep was I made people laugh.
0: Wow. Somebody's
1: kid mom would be like okay like bring her in for Diwali dinner because oh, like, she'll make people laugh. Humor, you know, humor really is a weapon. Humor is is a medicine. Humor is is a strategy. Yeah. And I've used it my whole life.
0: Support for Mike is Working It Out comes from Helix Sleep. Helix has been with this podcast from the very beginning. We are huge Helix mattress fans over here. Let me tell you a few things that are great about Helix Sleep mattresses. They are fiberglass free. Unlike other brands, Helix mattresses do not contain fiberglass, which can be harmful to your health, as you may have seen in the news or on social media. There have been a number of health issues and lawsuits related to fiberglass and mattresses. You know, actually, I used to to have a mattress that was pure fiberglass. It was just, it was literally a bed of fiberglass. No longer. I sleep on Helix mattresses, which are fiberglass-free. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burbigs. That's helixsleep.com slash burbigs. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix Better sleep starts now. No, now. Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. I was thrilled when they became an advertiser because we've used them for years. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time start a completely personalized website with the new guided design system Squarespace Blueprint you can sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download like PDFs music or ebooks go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch head to squarespace.com/birbigs birbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, that's squarespace.com slash burbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This is a thing we do in the show called The Slow Round. Okay. What's your earliest memory in your kid? Uh,
1: Of my own childhood? Yeah, yeah. My earliest memory is uh, riding around in a big yellow Jeep.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I was born into extreme affluence in India. Oh, wow. So that's a whole another world that you rarely see here in the media or in the pop culture. Here. Yeah. So I was born in a lot. I, I had my own car, my own Jeep, and my own chauffeur. Really? Yes. You know, honestly, the air conditioning and I shouldn't even say, should I say this? The air conditioning in my house wasn't good enough. So I would, like, hang out in my car and, like, just make him drive me endlessly just so I could stay cool while I read my Archie's
0: comics. Oh, my gosh. No kidding. Wait, so what did your dad—your mom passed away when you are a teenager. What did your dad— do that brought you so much affluence
1: well he had a business he he himself was a real rags to riches story he oh, was interesting. a lawyer so he's like a
0: self-made self-made
1: guy, guy. he was a, he was very wealthy by the time i was born i was the youngest of four yeah he was a lawyer in india very educated and you know he did well for himself he just was tired of being a parent
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh that's so funny so so, you, so that's your earliest memory. And then do you have a smell that you remember from childhood?
1: Yeah. So there's these, there are these flowers that are local to India, but I, I, but I see, oh, somehow, like, all the American companies have the scent. Uh, these, you know, because America, I don't know how they get it. But jasmine flowers, yeah. my mom used to grow them all over, like, our Aww. house. So it smells, I feel like, is it's a strong yes. memory. I think it's one of the last to go as you age. Yes. And I, I certainly, when I think of my mom, uh, think of the flowers that Aww. she used to grow all over the house.
0: That's so sweet. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a skill that people don't know about?
1: Um, so I don't think a lot of people know I'm a New York State licensed lawyer
0: oh my gosh you gotta be kidding me No, I what am. cannot you do
1: I, I am and and they also might not know I was really bad at it <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so bad I couldn't keep track you would not want me representing you oh I would go to the judge myself I'm like your honor <laughs> my client has robbed the liquor store no wait he has not robbed the liquor
0: store <laughs> <laughs> No, wait. He has not robbed the liquor store. And
1: sometimes I would be like, did you?
0: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) my gosh. You know,
1: I had a moment of like, maybe this is not a good job for me.
0: That is a riot. So before, so you were a mom of three, you were an Indian immigrant, and you were a lawyer. Yeah. Bad lawyer, you claim, but... I mean, that's unbelievable. You're doing it at the same time? You're a mom at the same time you're a full-time lawyer?
1: Well, I stopped practicing with the kids. You know how they, that happened. It's yeah. like, it was impossible. After a point, I couldn't, the gymnastics required to run that life. Sure, sure. With my husband having a job, me trying to work, and the kids, and trying to keep them alive. Like, no lofty goals there. Wow. Like We weren't winning any spelling bees, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like, did he eat yesterday? Yes. Fine, he ate yesterday, we're good, let's go.
0: How old are your kids now? So one's in college, so she's probably 19. She's 19. 19. Yeah. I have a
1: 16-year-old son, so handsome. I can show you Oh my gosh. So <laughs> handsome, he's the prince. And then, you know, and then I have the spare, my 10-year-old.
0: <laughs> the spare. <laughs> The Spare, come on.
1: Oh, he's, he's you know, I, I joke about it. I'm like, you know, I have a third. I forget about him sometimes. <laughs>
0: and that joke
1: resonates
0: <laughs> I think I was the Spare in my family. I was youngest of four. Oh, I was definitely four, like forget oops. it. Yeah, There's I no was, hope
1: for you. <laughs> yeah, I was like,
0: you know, I think they the term sometimes is like an oops, baby. I don't think there was a plan I wasn't part of God's plan. I wasn't part of my parents' plan. And I think there were times where I think they forgot that they had a fourth child.
1: Yeah, I mean, you Which know, is good for me. It was good for me. Listen, I, that movie, Home Alone. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that would have been me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, no one would have realized. The whole vacation could have been over and they would be like, wait, no, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, no,
0: things are good. Things <laughs> yeah. are good. Um, Do you have any nicknames growing up, really good or really bad?
1: So India can be brutal, yeah. you know, towards women especially. Oh, yeah. So like if you're a little overweight, they'll just call you moti, fat. Yeah, uh. They'll just say it. So what gets people canceled here, it's the kind of stuff, I feel like, oh my God, these people are so sweet. They don't even know it. Please don't leave the borders because you're going to find out a world
0: oh, wow. that you're not ready for. So, so you think it's tougher there?
1: Oh, 100%. That's interesting. I mean, and there's no... You know, here you think a lot about did that hurt somebody's feelings? And in India, they would just be like, Yeah, but that's the truth. Right. Everything is excused under the guise of, But that's the truth. Right. And especially going towards the women. So yes. no woman is going to be like, Well, you're, you know, what's that beer belly? Are you pregnant, man? Right. You know, but they would never do that. It goes one way. And, uh, you know, like a lot of Indian, practically every Indian woman I know, I had nicknames that correlated with whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, here, for example, I'll give you an example. Skin color, such a big topic here, right? Yeah. Like racism is a thing, whatever. In India, nothing. You, oh my God, you went out in the sun? <laughs> Did you get that dark or is that my glaucoma? Oh my gosh.
0: Did you get glaucoma?
1: I mean, my grandmother—that was her showing me love.
0: So, uh, what's the best piece of advice anyone's ever given you that worked?
1: Okay, I'm in. I'm gonna r- r- stay in the comedy realm, and yep. uh, my friend Tehran, who is a comedian in LA, Tehran Von Gashri, he once told me, he "Goes every show is a bringer show." Yes. You know, you you need to not. Yes. You, you know what I mean? You that just, is
0: so smart.
1: You have to put your life out there and fill every seat, and that is the job of the of your yeah. co- comedy as a comedian. I, and you have to stop thinking. They asked me to. It's a door deal. It's a this deal. Yeah. Everything is a door deal at yeah, the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, yeah. You know. So that's
0: really. I feel like
1: in the comedy world, making my peace with the idea that that's just part of my job has really helped me build the business.
0: That's really interesting because. Just to contextualize this concept of a bringer show, every show's a bringer show. bringer show is when you have to bring your own audience. And so a lot of times you'll see people on the street and they're handing out cards saying, please yeah. come to my comedy show. What they're really doing is if you bring the card, it says a number on it. And it means that you count as the bringer for that person and they get closer to their 10 people or their 20 people or 50 or whatever they're obliged to bring. What your friend is saying is essentially, that's every show, that's all of us all the time. And that, I think it's such an astute comment not just with comedy, but with everything. 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 Everything's an uphill battle. 100%. A- everything is always jogging uphill in every field. And and I think like the people, you know, I made the movie Don't Think Twice about these characters who are in an improv group and, and a lot of them are frustrated because they're not re- getting the success that they want. But in, in some ways, it's like the people who often complain about the success that they're not getting, it's like... Well, if you thought of everything as a bringer show, you, this wouldn't be your challenge. Right. Because because the people who are are succeeding in these like mega ways are thinking of their entire craft as being this is going to be hard. Right. And 100%. I got to bring it yeah. so hard. I mean, the famous thing from Steve Martin's book Born Standing Up is is you you have to be uh, undeniable.
1: Yeah, 100% I couldn't agree more. And I think it's true for everybody. And I think embracing that actually makes the journey easier.
0: Working It Out is supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. I should point out that this is an ad for Squarespace, but I love Squarespace. I was thrilled when they became an advertiser because we've used them for years. Our website for Thank God for Jokes was Squarespace. Our website for Stand Up and Vote was Squarespace. Couldn't recommend it more highly. We use it all the time start a completely personalized website with the new guided design system Squarespace Blueprint you can sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download like PDFs music or ebooks go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch head to squarespace.com/birbigs birbigs to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Support for Working It Out comes from Viore. Viore is a clothing company that draws inspiration from the coastal California lifestyle. I was thrilled that they were willing to be a sponsor because I could just talk about how soft and comfortable their clothing is all the time. I mean, I'll read the stuff they told me to say. It's uh, It inspires others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Yeah, sure, yeah, it does that. But also, my experience is just very, very comfortable. Viore offsets 100% of their carbon footprint. And since 2019... They've also offset 100% of their plastic footprint. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off. Ooh, that's good, your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable, versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash That's viore.com slash burbigs. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping. What? Free shipping. On any U.S. orders over seventy-five bucks and free returns, that's vioricom slash bigs. Discover the versatility of Viori clothing. This is a part where we talk about like new jokes, new material. I was actually working on this this week, which okay. is I I get off at the on the subway stop around the corner here in Brooklyn. And the buildings in our neighborhood, my neighborhood, are like from the 1700s, 1800s. I believe some of them were built by the Three Little Pigs. (laughs) 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 Like with Three Little Pigs contracting, we built your house, made of straw, made of sticks, made of bricks. We recommend the bricks, but look, you can have a straw house, it's got walls, not for nothing, every now and then there's this wolf, he shows up, he goes, I'm going to blow your house down. You're thinking, is this wolf for real? But you know, sometimes he does. And so ultimately we recommend the bricks. So that's like a new <laughs> <laughs> that's a new joke I'm working on. I love it
1: oh, and, nice. and couldn't be more accurate.
0: You grew up with Three Little Pigs? Of course I did. I'm telling you. Is that international,
1: Three Little Pigs? It's international. We just interpret it
0: differently. Oh, interesting. So same
1: fairy tales that you guys read to your kids here, we read to our kids. We're like, you know, that's not going to happen, right?
0: That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know that's not going to happen, right?
1: Here, they're like, happily ever after. That's the aspiration. We're like, let's get a visa to America. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Indoor plumbing and a work visa. We're good.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Here
1: there's a white horse and a Prince Charming. We have a white horse too, but he's a rental at the weddings.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you have any jokes you're working on, half-baked things, Have half- ideas Yeah,
1: so the big piece that I'm working on now, and I think you'll relate to it and your audience might too, is that, uh, you know, uh, American-born Indian comics, you know, comics of Indian heritage, yes. but they're born and raised here. There's a lot of them, many of them are very successful, and I've been watching them for a few years, and, and actually it was a moment of epiphany for me because one time... One of their favorite topics seems to be complaining about their overbearing Indian parents, you know? Right? And I remember watching one of them and thinking, oh my God, he's complaining about me.
0: Oh my God.
1: Right? So now I'm working on a rebuttal to all the big complaints like, oh, our parents make us go to medical school. Yeah, we don't want you working at Dunkin' Donuts. Like, oh, we weren't allowed to go to summer camp. That's a big one. We're not allowed to go to summer camp because no Indian kid is uh, allowed to go to summer Like, yeah, and you didn't get molested.
0: Oh, my so God. So be
1: quiet. We're not allowed to marry who we want. No, you can't marry the girl with the neck tattoo.
0: Oh, my God. That's so yeah. funny.
1: So I'm working on those bits and I'm working on a proper rebuttal to the, the to that whole world and genre of jokes.
0: That's a brilliant idea. Even just the zoom out of that is such a great idea, which is you're taking the status quo of a field of jokes, which is like second-generation, maybe I want to say second-generation Indian yeah. comics, and you're saying, well, I'm going to come at you from the first generation, right. and then I'm going to have a rebuttal.
1: I'm so tired of hearing them go on and on whining, and no one's <laughs> saying anything, as if like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Do you know how many CEOs in the world are Indian right now? yes. Like Microsoft, Google, Twitter even, you name it. I mean, there's a few white guys. I can't think of them right now. But so you think those CEOs, like, you know, were swinging on a tire all summer? No, their parents did something right. Yeah, yeah. And I am now preparing an entire rebuttal for that. Oh, I love that. Because I can't stand it. No more complaining. Stop the whining.
0: (laughs) It's a riot. Um, (laughs) I'm working on this thing about mildew and mold. Which is that <laughs> you're um,
1: really in that headspace right now, oh, the apartment collapse no, headspace. I, yeah,
0: no, the apartment, my, my apartment thing has been such a debacle because I, I live in this old, old building and, and I'm trying to build this whole piece about how I'm, I, I, one night I'm reading to my daughter and my wife walks in, and she goes, um, Do you smell that? And I go, Which thing? Our apartment is, contains a symphony of smells. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, <But> this- Mildew. <laughs> And I said, I can't smell mildew because I grew up in Massachusetts, which is a state that's made of mildew. <laughs> to me, mildew smells like fresh-cut grass and mold smells like watermelon. And, of course, you have to know the difference between mold and mildew because they actually have very different threat levels. You know, mildew is mold's laid-back cousin. Mildew's like, I think it's funny when people cough and mold's like, I'm going to kill somebody, you know. And and and, and so Jen goes, I... The, Una's bedroom has mildew. She can't sleep here, and I I say so. Well, I'll, I can sleep in the mildew bed because sometimes I like to be the hero. And we call <laughs> so so in our house. Completely true. My reputation in the house is that I'm I I'm like the I'm gonna be the hero of the scenario. Okay. My daughter's seven. And I'm always trying to like. All right, I'm gonna step up. So my daughter started calling me Mildew Man. <laughs> She was like mildew man because all you need to create a superhero is um, a a noun and a gender. (laughs) That's all a superhero is, mildew man. And uh, yeah, that's sort of a half-baked thing that I've been kicking around lately.
1: I love how. I don't even know what a watermelon tastes, that uh, smells like. <laughs> Where did you get that? Like water, like the I, smell I, of watermelon?
0: Taste, I guess taste.
1: Did you, okay, you it, said- Oh you, yeah,
0: I guess you're right. No, no, it's Because smell. it was
1: in the piece when you said no, right. it smells like water, I thought you said smells like- no, You're absolutely
0: like- right, I did, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, to me, it, it smells like fresh cut grass and, you know, in, in mold, is like watermelon- yeah, I think I think of watermelon as having a smell, but you might be right. It might be a very faint smell. I'm just thinking of camp. I yeah, feel like oh, I have all these but camp that's memories. The thing.
1: yes, of course. Wherever
0: there's sliced watermelons. Watermelon, yeah. maybe, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe the joke should be like, and, you know, mildew fresh smells like fresh cut grass and mold smells like a barbecue. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like maybe it should be more vivid to, like, the summer camp smell. Versus, like what you're saying, is like watermelon doesn't really have a strong smell. Well, scent. but that's,
1: but I don't know because barbecue is such a strong smell, right? So I think maybe watermelon's better because it's kind of generic. Because I don't think I could. How did, how did she know? How did Jen know it was? Mild- is
0: mildew actually? It's a good question. I think it's because she's sensitive to it. She, I might go into this in a bit, but I don't have a joke for it yet. Jen has a stronger sense of smell than I do, and so. In a marriage, I think one of the things you have to negotiate is if someone has a stronger sense of something, you actually have to defer to that person because they're the one who feels it the most. If she goes, I'm allergic to mildew, you go, all right, well, we're going to do that.
1: Oh my god. You're not going to
0: sleep near the mildew, but I'm okay with mil- you know, I can live through it. I grew in Massachusetts, like I said, there's a lot of mildew. <laughs> I mean literally like I can't like what state I, what, of
1: Massachusetts in a state of shock right now. <laughs>
0: exactly. No, they New know. State. Oh, they know what they did. They, <laughs> they know what they did. No, it's um no, Massachusetts is I've talked to my brother Joe about this countless times and I've talked to, I talked to my mom about it last week. I Go mom. It smelled like mildew growing up, right? You know, like that's a real thing and she goes, "Oh yeah." She goes, always our basement
1: oh, was filled full of right. water. Oh, always. Flooding. I mean, like, yeah, I wrote yeah, yeah. this
0: joke recently that I don't think make, make it in. was like, when we were kids for our birthday, we get dehumidifiers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it was so much of a part of our existence was this, like, w- sitting water in our house. I don't know why exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm working on that. I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you have this with your jokes, but it's like I'm navigating... The sort of the sort of perspectives of the joke. So like my original perspective on that joke about mildew is that my wife came in and goes, "There's mildew in here. Um, you I think you should sleep in Una's bed with the mildew, and Una and I will sleep in our bed. And I and my joke was, I go, good talk. I go, because that's how we decide things around our house, is that someone other than me comes up with a plan, yeah. and then there's no deliberation, and then that that's what we do. And then, Jen, you know, Jen was listening to the show and giving me notes on the Old Man in the Pool show, and she goes, that is not what happened. You know, and I'm like... That's how I remember it? Yeah. And she goes, no, what happened was is you volunteered. And I go, well, I volunteered <laughs> because you said there's mildew and then you left a gap of space of silence afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm either supposed to say like, okay you know, we'll all not sleep there or, you know what I mean? Like there's, it, there it was no It feels move. like you
1: were gently guided into I gently, volunteering. I was
0: g- <laughs> gently guided might be the funniest way to turn the phrase and be honest to all parties. <laughs> yeah. Cause I find, you know, when Jen and I did the last show, my last show was called The New One. And a lot of it was us piecing together our shared truth. Because, you know, I always say like, you know, When I'm on stage, that's my side of the story. Right. You know, her side of the story might be this. My dad's side of the story might be this. My side of the story is this. But I do try to respect what her side of the story is, and sometimes it's funnier. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's funnier to be like, well, Jen's point of view is that this happened. Mine is this happened. And some version of those two things occurred.
1: But you're a better man than me for sure. I'm like, no, this is it. This is the story. You don't need to ask my husband.
0: But I think your persona is such that, like, people get that it's definitively your perspective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about, like, the way you're storytelling where, where we're almost doing the math in our head of, like, I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. that's what happened, but I'm going to go with this because it's funny.
1: Yeah, no, you know, I do make a joke about how people do ask me. They're like, how can you be so old-fashioned and strict? You're a comedian. Right. Yeah, but I tell the audience all the time, I'm like, my kids don't know I do this.
0: Oh, that's so funny. Like,
1: I leave my house in scrubs. <laughs> I mean for real, my my LinkedIn profile says Mount Sinai. Oh
0: my gosh. And
1: then I make that joke and I come out of the room and do you know how many people line up and ask me? Are you a doctor? Oh, my gosh. Do you re- do your kids really not know?
0: Oh, that's so funny. And then, of course, you know, the, we I just had, read the I essay have, from your daughter. Uh, I
1: have how many views on TikTok? Uh-huh. If, I, if I had maybe the world's dumbest kids, they might have yes. picked up <laughs> on what I'm doing by now.
0: The, uh, do you have other jokes you're working on?
1: Um, let me think which one I want to talk about. So, you know... Um, Racism is a thing. Like, you know, so much love in America. I get a lot of love, a lot, from all over my community. And now the bigger comedy base that I've built has been great. It's a little bit of hate. Yeah. A little bit of racism is a part of living here, yeah. you know? Yeah. So recently on one of my, uh, I posted a show flyer about a show I was doing, and somebody commented, that's going to be a smelly show. Mm. And my followers got all upset. They're like, you can't say that. And that's and this guy didn't back down. He doubled down. Mm. He's like, you can't smell it because you're all Indian. Mm. And, um, you know, I I was like trying to figure out what to do about this. And I understand this is a trope that Indian people have lived with for a long time. Yeah. And because of guys like him, we wear so much deodorant, we're all going to get Alzheimer's. Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: <laughs> so... I was trying to figure out what to do with this guy and people are going back and forth in the comment section and then he goes hala to allah. I'm like, uh, first of all, I'm Hindu, right, Hindi, right. so he's not a Jeopardy! champion.
0: <laughs> right, he's not a Jeopardy! champion.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, the only reason he's <laughs> still alive is because being Hindu, I'm not even allowed to kill a fly. And then I thought, you know, maybe I should block him. Or oh, everybody's like, block him, block him, block him, my yeah. followers. And I was about to block him, and I'm like, but to lose all that engagement?
0: Oh, my God. You
1: can't. As a social media creator, come on, Mike, you get that, right?
0: Yeah, the engagement is what feeds the algorithm, it's and you get a, you more views.
1: I can't do that. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs>
0: that is so funny. So you know what yeah, I yeah, ended yeah. up
1: doing? You want to know what I did to resolve this? Yeah, yeah. I took screenshots of all his comments. Yes, and
0: you post those. And I
1: posted them on Twitter.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And I tagged Salman Rushdie.
0: Oh, really?
1: Mindy Kaling. Okay. And the Jonas Brothers.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: By the time their fans were done with this guy, I had 2,000 new followers.
0: (laughs) That's a crazy story. Did Mindy engage with it? Her fans. Her fans? I don't
1: need them to engage Literally with it. Literally just her
0: fans. Her fans. That's Because once you
1: tag her and there's activity going on that comment, her fans are seeing it, right? And the Jonas Brothers, like, they love that Priyanka. And, and Nick Jonas is India's son-in-law. That
0: is and amazing. And then I ended
1: up getting, like, a whole fan following on you, Twitter.
0: You you conquered <laughs> the scenario. But you you had, won. You 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 beat that bout of racism.
1: And you know how that ended for real? This is yeah. all true. Yeah. You know how that ended? The guy was like social media is so mean. <laughs> the guy who originated it. Isn't
0: though. that the greatest? <laughs> So we end with a segment called Working It Out for a Cause. Is there an organization that you think is doing a particularly good job right now? And I will donate to them and then I'll link to them in the show notes and encourage people to donate as well.
1: Absolutely. I have my favorite uh, organization. I would love to give them a shout out. It's called Comedy Cures. Okay. And uh, they bring comedy to very, very ill people from severely ill to terminally ill. I work with them. We've done live shows for them. That's We've great. did Zoom shows for them. Through the pandemic, you can imagine the amount of demand yes. we dealt with. Yeah, The course. woman who established the organization and runs it to this day is a stage four cancer survivor wow. of 20 plus years wow. and a comedian herself. So we really, we, when I first started and I was new, at, very new at it. I had decided if I were to give back, how would I want yeah. to give back? And I, I've been working with her since.
0: Wow.
1: And I love it. I mean...
0: do you perf- So do you perform like in hospitals and cancer wards and things like that?
1: Absolutely. And wow. I do it on, on Zoom or in real life. Wow. And a lot of times, like because we live in New York, for example, people come from India and like from the, from Asia. They're here for treatment, like yeah. at Memorial Sloan Kettering or something yeah. for a rare, very rare disease or or whatever their complicated situation is, oftentimes they're here all by themselves because their family members can't afford to be here. It's expensive to live here, you know? So I get called to just be like, can you just go and like... Cheer them up for half an hour, just hold That's their hand, And also because I speak Hindi, I speak Gujarati, I speak all these languages. Yeah. Oh my even gosh. though I don't do comedy in those languages, yeah. there's a familiarity.
0: Yes, you can say a few words a few in those words languages to sort of before Because this person
1: has been alone in a very difficult situation. So I had done all I've done Zoom funerals. It's crazy. Oh. Don't even. I did a Zoom funeral. The first one I got, I was like, what am I even gonna do? But it went so
0: well. Zarna Garg is, is not only a lawyer, she's also a comedian, she's also a saint. <laughs> that's my conclusion. Right.
1: That that's where this was all going Get
0: that on the tombstone.
1: <laughs> Until the sex tape comes out.
0: Working it out because it's <laughs> not done. working it out because there's no. That's gonna do it for another episode of Working It Out. That's Zarna Garg. She is so cool, Uh, such a fascinating person. I think she's going to have just a massive career, just a really, really interesting joke writer and person. Um, You can follow her on Instagram and TikTok, at Zarnagarg. You can find her tour dates. She's touring all over the country, zarnagarg.com. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Peter Salomon and Joseph Berbiglia, consulting producer Seth Barish, associate producer Mabel Lewis, sound mix by Shub Surun, mm. sound and video recording by Chuck Staten. Thanks to my consigliere Mike Berkowitz, as well as Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. And of course, a special thanks to my wife, the poet Jay Hopestein. We wrote a book, it's called The New One. It is a mix of poetry and comedy, painfully true stories from a reluctant dad with poems by J-Hope Stein. And of course, Jen's book is going to be, uh, in the fall, it's going to be uh, coming out called Little Astronaut. comes out in September. You can pre-order that. Or you can follow her at J. Hope Stein on Instagram. As always, a very special thanks to my daughter Una who created a radio fort made of pillows. This is way back two years ago when we started the podcast and we didn't know how to make a podcast and Kate Belinsky taught me and my daughter Una how to position pillows in such a way that the sound is pristine. Thanks most of all you who have listened and have followed us on this long, long journey that continues on. You have told your friends. You have told your enemies. I know that you were in some kind of conflict with your enemy, <laughs> with your neighbor, where you're, you're arguing about who's allowed to have uh, cable and internet wiring on the roof of your building. And you said, hold it, hold it a second there, feller. I want to tell you about a podcast I'm listening to. It's a comedian and other comedians working on new material. I know everyone has a podcast these days, but this one's different. Thanks a lot, everybody. We're working it out. (laughs) See you next time.